cliffcentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the cliffcentral.com website where there's a show for you. Central.com. It is Friday morning. This is Sex Talk with John T. Searle and Tamar and some really fascinating, interesting and beautiful people with us this morning. Unscripted, unradio, uncensored. And we have really been going deep lately into the darker side, the shadow side, the side of sex that is so important that often we don't want to talk about. It's important that we have these discussions, that we bring these issues into the open, that we help you find out the information that you need to deal with these issues with care, with compassion, with kindness, with health. So from rape, we are going to abortion this week. And it's a really emotional topic. It's a really sensitive topic. And it's a huge issue in South Africa. So please share with us your stories, your opinions. We are on WeChat and on WhatsApp, 079-748-2090. And we'd love to hear your take, your experiences, your stories, your opinion on abortion. So let's start with Whitney from Mari Stopes. Hi, John T. Good morning, Whitney. You have to talk a bit louder than that. Okay. Come on, you've done this before now. I have, I have. There we go. Thank you very, very much. Gentle soul. Gentle. That's it. And next to Whitney Mabata, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and why you're here. Uh, my name is Mabatu Munsu. I'm a, oh. My name is Mabatu Munsu. Uh, I'm a director and a filmmaker. I'm directing on Sugar. And on my blog, in the episodes, we'll be dealing with abortion quite intimately. Okay, so go back a step and explain to everybody what Sugar is. Okay, Sugar is a, a series on MTV base, mm-hmm. um, and it's a pan-African series, and it deals with teenagers and sexuality and mm-hmm. sexual education. Okay, and the focus of that? Well, it's got various focuses. Um, it deals with HIV and AIDS, uh Safe sex, mm-hmm. um, abortion, like we're talking about, so contraceptive as well. Um, just basically the lives of a teenager and how sex affects affects them. Okay. Yeah. So you're really trying to get something across. You're mm-hmm. really trying to get a message, an information message. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Um, it's 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 very much steeped in messaging. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Beautiful lady, who are you? <laughs> um, my name is Usamke Ogamakoba, mm-hmm. and um, I play a role in Sugar. Yes. Um, her name is Kensani, mm-hmm. and yeah. And she's 15. Yeah. And you say that you are 19. And how old are you? Oh, come on. I'm twice the age of Kensani. <laughs> Damn, girl, you look good. 
Thank you. <laughs> okay. So why are you here this morning? Um. Well, the thing is that my my character Kentani mm. she goes through um and and uh, a situation. She's in a situation where she's faced with um a decision to have an abortion or mm-hmm. not. So um since yeah, since we're talking about it, um this is what Kentani is um uh going to be faced with. In, in the, in the season. Okay. So she falls pregnant. So she falls pregnant and yeah. she, she has to make a decision if she's going to have an abortion mm. or not. And yeah. Okay. It's an interesting kind of, um, phrase that. And I wonder where it comes from. Falls pregnant. I never really thought about it before. <laughs> like you fall down. <laughs> you fall pregnant. Okay. Something interesting in that. Anyway. Okay. There's a lot interesting, uh, around the language we use to, to, to talk about Female sexuality yes. in particular. And a lot of it's um, euphemistic, you not open and honest. Virginity, yeah. You know, and with that comes this you become that you've a lost woman. something, yeah. you know, uh, not just your hymen, but mm. something about yourself is, is also gone. Yeah. Uh, you fall pregnant. So there's, there's all these, uh, Interesting. I don't know if they're negative they or negative. disempowering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you lose it, Nuances in a way, it's kind of being, female sexuality. In a way, it's being taken from you. By who? So that, that that's you know, the thing. Exactly. It's like I'm going to take sense your virginity. Is something that happens to a woman, mm. as opposed to something that she engages in, yeah. um, as a willing participant. So she's very or, passive in it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in my practice, I came up with something interesting last week, which connects to this. And it was, I was working with a woman who's very passive in her sexual relationship in her marriage. And I said, you're a pleasure victim. And it was simply that she was totally passive in it. It wasn't, it's not that it was unpleasant for her. Sometimes it was, but a lot of times it wasn't, she wasn't an active participant in the pleasure. Mm -hmm. And an enormous amount of female sexuality is the same. Yes, and we must say that uh, it's not that women are born that way. It's 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 socialization. Yeah. We socialize that way. Really, we trained to be that mm. way. Um, so even with this topic about uh, abortion, that's one of the things that needs to be um, renegotiated. Mm. Uh, you know, the rights around your own body and the choices that you can make about your own body. Yeah, and that's the thing. And that was where I started with this idea this morning was the choice with health, with kindness, with compassion. Mm-hmm. Are we doing that in South Africa, Whitney? Um, unfortunately, not always. Yeah. The South African constitution is really supportive of a woman's sexual right. You know, um, this is the first time that sugar is bringing abortion into the storyline because it is legal in South Africa. But then if we look at what is happening um, in the service providing sphere like you know the hospitals the clinics women are not given that choice you know um and it's also like a societal thing where we feel like we need to hide it you mm. feel like it's something that is wrong you feel like it's not your choice so there's a lot of stigma attached to the topic of abortion mm. and this is why you know we are tackling it and that is the reason why sugar is bringing it into the storyline. Yeah. So between the constitution and between the realities, there's this mm-hmm. enormous gap. A big and we've gap. spoken about this. Is anything changing in that scenario? Honestly, no. Um, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done to, you know, to get some sort of change. Mm. Um, you know, 
we like to it is because it's a societal thing. Mm. You know, I engage with nurses sometimes who want to provide the service. Mm. You know, but they a fear the the structures of their hospitals. So it's either the directors who are not pro choice and do not want them to provide the service. Or people who do provide the service and then they can't go home and speak about what they do because there's a lot of stigma attached mm. to it. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done and it has to start within society and just changing mm. how people view women's sexuality and the choices that they can make about their bodies. And are people still using abortion as a means of contraception? Uh, you know, I never support that phrase. It, Me too. But I, does it happen yeah. is the I do not think so. It is one of the choices that you can make. People mm. do use contraception, you know. Um, sometimes it fails, you mm. know. Or sometimes I'm not on a contraception, but I'm pregnant. And yeah. I do not want to keep that mm. pregnancy or to have a baby. So it's not a means of contraception. It's one of the options and the choices mm. that women in South Africa have. And I'm not sure if this is a stupid question or not, Is it, if there's any validity in it. On average, how many abortions does a woman in South Africa have? I, you know, I actually can't give you that um, number because, unfortunately, we these are not stats that mm. are made available, yeah. you know. So all the stats are just summed up into, like, you know, maternal stats. You know, mm. we can't actually tell you what's abortion, what's, you know, what. Mm. So th- we can't give a figure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How did you come from acting to directing? <laughs> take the mic for that. Yeah. Let me take the mic. <laughs> Yeah. No, um, I've, I've always wanted to be a director. I knew I wanted to be a filmmaker actually okay. since I was 14. I script write as well. I direct, I perform. Okay. Um, so I'm, I, I see myself more as a storyteller. Okay. Um, and I, I, I was quitting a job actually, but they'd written the story so, so deep in that they needed me to stay a few more months. So I said, okay, I'll stay if you train me to direct. Mm. So that was the first training I got blackmailed my way. Okay. Well, you gotta get there somehow. Yeah. It's a South African way. Yeah. Okay. And why so, this topic? Uh, this topic is important to me. Um, all of female sexuality is important to me. Gender mm. equality is important Hello. to me. Um, so even before uh, getting involved with Sugar, I had my own web series that spoke about women and sexuality in South Africa. In fact, women from Africa who are living in South Africa as much as possible. Mm. Um, so sexual and reproductive justice is something that I'm passionate about. Uh, so for me, it was easy to come on board um, and be part of the series. Okay. And there's quite a spectrum of sexual behaviors in Africa. Mm-hmm. And that's really fascinating because mm-hmm. a lot of people look at Africa as this big one as, yeah. lump space, yeah. especially some people from overseas. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. do you know my cousin? They live in Kenya kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. And, yeah. you know, we're right next <laughs> and we to do each it other. Here too. I mean, we talk yeah. about going into Africa. Yeah. yeah, when we in South Africa, yeah. as yeah. if we're going to a whole new different yeah. place, so we say, "Ah, oh, but you know how it is in Africa." Oh, you know what mm. happens in Africa? Mm. Us in South Africa, we do that too. So we we equally to to blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating stuff. How was this for you? Was it an emotional? Have you filmed this yet? Ah, uh, yes. It started last month in December. Okay. So you filmed this particular episode? Um, not yet. Not yet. Just about to start. Okay. On hectic scenes. Okay. And what are your feelings about it? Oh, my feelings about it. Um, it's, it's difficult. It's really, really difficult. Um, especially trying to relate to Okensani. Um, but, um, 
the thing is that for me, uh, how, how, I want to, to, to portray this character is that the thing is that I want everybody to be able to relate to Ukensani, male and female, mm. um, all women who have been through an abortion and women who have not in such a way that I want them to, um, think back to a time where they had to make the difficult, tough decision of whether to keep uh, uh, the pregnancy or, or not. Mm. And, um, why is that important to you? Why is what? Why is that people will really relate to it? Oh, um, the, the to thing you? I want, I want, it's imp- so difficult to explain. <laughs> the thing is that I want people to, um, think back to a time where they, they had to make a really difficult decision, mm-hmm. right? And, um, that's the thing that Kinsani has to make. She has to make a, dis- a difficult decision to keep the child or not, to keep the baby or not. And, um, the thing is that she feels that there are, s- are not a lot of, of options to, to solve her, her problem. She just wants a quick fix. And we've all been in a position where we want to mm-hmm. just fix a, a problem yeah. instead of solving it step mm-hmm. by step. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, that's how I want everybody to relate. So that's why I, it's, it's so important for me to, that, that everybody relates mm-hmm. to, to her. What do you want men to get from this? Understanding. Of what? Um, understanding that um, it's not an easy decision to make and it's not an easy process to go through. It's, 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 it's draining emotionally. It's draining physically. It's draining mentally. Mm. So um, when they watch, I want them to connect with that. I want them to see that and realize that a woman should never go through such alone. That... Um, if ever they are in a relationship with someone and they want this um, to be terminated, they mm. want the pregnancy to be terminated. That they should always be there. They should always be supportive because um, it's it's a it's a mentally it's 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 a really tough process to go through. Mm. Abata, how involved do you think men should be in the choice for abortion? Okay, I think. <clears throat> We live in a patriarchal world. It's mm. not even yeah. South Africa. And we have to start by focusing on growing the options for a woman to actually just own her body first. Mm-hmm. Like from birth, your body is not yours. Um, even if we, we feel free yeah, now, it's still an unspoken thing that you don't quite belong to yourself. You're afraid to walk at night in certain places. You're afraid to wear what you want in certain instances. Um, yeah, because so, it becomes your fault, whatever happens to you. You in know that. what I mean? What were yeah. you wearing? Or, oh, of course, he's going to look at you like that. Look at what you're wearing. If I'm yeah. going to direct, I have to think about what I'm wearing so that I'm not seen as the bimbo on set. Mm. I should just be wearing what I want at the end of the day. But, you know, it's, it's so, it's so all encompassing mm. that for me, we, we first have to break those barriers of, this control, even this invisible hand that men mm. have on women. A woman should be able to make a decision by herself. Mm-hmm. This is not to say that if you are in a healthy relationship and you want to speak to your partner that you shouldn't, you know what I mean? It's mm. not, it's not, it's not a fight, uh, for fighting sake, but a woman should have the decision on her own mm. to do what is right for her body. And for her life. Yeah. yeah there was, there was, absolutely. There was a great picture on Facebook in the past week, and it was a whole lot of American legislators standing. Mm. They were all men. Mm-hmm. And it was about 
these are the men who are controlling what a woman does with her vagina, or yes. these are the people, and they don't. There's no vagina in the picture, uh-huh. and it's the same yes. everywhere. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. We see it when we enter in these, you know, spaces where people are trying to discuss sexual health for women, mm. and you go to Pretoria, and it's a group of men sitting there, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. you know. So one of my big <laughs> issues on soapboxes over the years has always been that um, you control people through sexuality more than anything else, and by controlling female sexuality, you really control, you control the world. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Because the power of that is so great, and if that were really released, most men are terrified of that, mm-hmm. yeah. of the absolute power of it, and have no idea mm-hmm. how to cope with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a really big thing. Okay. So during the week, I was talking to some people about the show, mm-hmm. and some people shared their experiences with me, um, some friends. And one of the biggest issues around the whole abortion procedure in South Africa was counseling or the lack thereof. Mm-hmm. What is supposed to happen in what? an ideal situation? In an ideal situation, what is supposed to happen is that when a woman comes into a hospital or a clinic mm. looking for that service, they must get counseled, you know, mm. whether it's A, to first figure out whether they're really sure about the decision that they're making. Because we have a lot of people that come in and they're not sure. Mm. And then to make sure that it is their decision. And that they need to be aware of what is going to happen to their bodies, what the mm. procedure actually entails, because that's a big part. So that really needs to be explained, needs to be explained from a physical point of view. From a physical point of view. Because some of the things that happen to your bo- to their bodies when you have an abortion, it's natural, right? Mm. But then you have them calling like our call center and panicking because they've gone somewhere, they had an abortion, and they're bleeding. And, but because it hasn't been explained to you properly, you panic. Yeah. So that's... Um, they need Need to know what's going to happen to their bodies and how the pre- the process works mm. of, you know, aborting a pregnancy. Yeah. So that's what it entails. Okay. Uh-huh. And in terms of, I don't know what word to use, other than let's say a healing time after this from a physical perspective, mm-hmm. how long does that take more or less? I understand it's going to be different for everybody slightly. Yeah. Um, so it depends on what procedure you get. If it's the medical pill, mm-hmm. um, it takes a couple of weeks to bleed out. If it's a surgical um, procedure, which is the vacuum aspiration one, um, when they leave the clinic, they're they're okay. You know, I think we always tell them take a day or two to rest and just mm. to make sure you're feeling okay. But there isn't a a, a, a long resting period okay. that's required. Who makes the choice as to how, as to the means of abortion? It's a woman's choice. So, so I mean, they ask. So in some instances where you are not um, eligible to get the pill, for example, if you've had a C-section before, um, you know, just certain medical mm. stuff. But it is a woman's choice because you know what your body can tolerate. And know? all of those choices are supposed to be explained they are and the consequences of those choices. They are supposed to be and they are supposed to be available everywhere. Okay. So in every designated clinic that's supposed to be giving this, they're supposed to provide these Options. Okay. Yes. And how much of that is actually happening? Because there seems to be this enormous gap again between what should be and what is happening. Yeah, I, uh, it's really difficult to say. Mm. I mean, I'll give you an example. In Gauteng at the moment, um, 
I think there are two public hospitals that are providing um, second trimester pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So that means if you are past a certain gestation age, you know, and you still want to terminate, mm-hmm. even though it's still within the legal time frame, a lot of people can't have access to it because mm-hmm. there's very few people providing that service, you know. Okay. What is the legal period at which it stops being legal to have an abortion? It's at 20 weeks. Okay. It's at 20 weeks. Okay. And then obviously then people are turning to illegal means. Yeah, and beyond that. Because they are providing the service even mm. uh, you know above 20 weeks, you know, you can call and say I'm 6 months, they're happy to help. I'm 8 months, they're happy to they help. They will do anything. They will do anything. And then the unfortunate thing is, you know, a lot of what they are doing is ineffective. Mm. So women are, you know, in a situation where they haven't been able to access the service. They go to this illegal provider. They get this batch of pills and they're still pregnant. You know, and then there's also the whole perception of um, the cost of it. You know, everybody thinks it's cheaper to go to the, the illegal route or the street I route. I would imagine. You know? Of course it's not cheaper. It's not cheaper, you know. Um, they are charging... You know, between one thousand to three thousand, mm. and a lot of people are going three, four times before they can actually, you know, until they actually realize this isn't working. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And is has anybody been prosecuted for illegal abortions? Um, some have. Yes, I mean, I can think of a case in Port Elizabeth right now, which was going on at the end of last year, where they did um, find out that somebody was. Providing services mm. in their home And you know they did find Like products of Conception in her refrigerator And stuff so you know this person Was persecuted this was in PE um, we don't know if it's Because she was providing the illegal mm. Service or if it's because she had Fetuses in her freezer we don't Know what the reason was but you know I can Think of that one but it's not common Which mm. is interesting because there's a whole Lot of posters with phone numbers. Oh, yes. they are all over. <laughs> yeah. Almost every They're robot everywhere. that you so stop at, you will cock, see get posters a cock, about right. that. Yeah. Get yeah. your yeah. upper back and have an abortion. Yeah. Yeah. Easy, no pain. Yeah. yeah. Go and, for it. And, you know, granted, it is difficult to find out where these people are because if mm. you call them, they're going to say, come to a street corner. If you catch that, this is where they're doing it. Tomorrow you go, they've moved. So it's difficult, but there's also very little being done mm. about it. Yeah, yeah, I think if, 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 if it was a big enough issue, a lot more would be done, a right? Lot more. The, the only case you wouldn't think of is one in Eastern Cape. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You, you'd at least be able to count five, right? So who's supposed the top of your to make head. it a bigger issue? All of us. I think all of us are supposed to make it a, a bigger issue. And the government is also mm. supposed to make it Oba. a bigger issue. Is it I an mean, issue for the government? Look, it was International Abortion Day, um, when just last year, yeah, right? Yeah. And they tweeted about everything else. But abortion. But, but abortion, abortion. Yeah. right? And then, of course, we get on Twitter and we take them on about it. Like, why aren't you talking yeah. about abortion? <laughs> um, you see the posters of where to get the illegal abortion. You All don't over. get a lot of information on, on where to get the mm. safe one. Yeah. And if it's as expensive um, as Whitney is saying it is, what makes people go there? Probably because they're not going to feel judged yeah. in that mm. space, right? You just want to go where you're going to get. You just nailed it. Help and in inverted commas. A lot commas. of it is the lack of information. Mm. People do mm. not know where to go right now. So yeah. even if you Google um, getting an abortion in Pretoria, um, apart from Mari Stokes, what's going to come up? Mm-hmm. It's also the illegal providers yes, because yes. they're saturating the internet. You know, so there's no information on where the mm-hmm. actual safe services can be acquired. Yeah, and just driving here, the posts, the number of posts you've seen for the illegal yeah. ones. I mean, it's just 
Yeah. It, it, it's out there. It's quick. And then it just becomes the easier option because you're trying to find information. You don't know where to go and you see a poster. I'm going to go there because there's the information. Okay. Mm. So in the episode that you're in and all of this happens in, what's the process that she goes through? Your character. Um, the thing is that we have, we, we just started. We haven't really gotten to the deep and dark side of, uh, well, I don't even want to give away too much. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm tease, trying to find tease. the words. <laughs> it's important. You know, it's such an important topic. So, you know, try to get, it's important for people to also expect it. Um, Listen, it doesn't matter about the story. If the story is well told, people are going to listen to the story again and again and again and again. Okay. So what is some of, what was the decision-making process? Let's start there. Um, it's still early for now. So, um, Who right now, she, who's the first person? Still, she, who's the first person she tells? Well, she tells her friend first, uh-huh. and um, she tells her friend, and uh, her friend tries to uh, assist her into making the right decision. Yet, you know, How she's so she? desperate, though. Mm-hmm. She's so desperate to get a quick fix, but um, she's she's still like you know weighing her options. But um, yeah, that's where we are at so far. Okay. So it's it's still it's still it's still she's in a, she's it's still taking a, a toll and she's still accepting it all and mm. mentally she's just um flipping right Nobody now. Nobody ever prepares you for that. You Nobody know? ever does. Even if you yeah. live in a society that it's, it's an option, like my father always used to laugh and say, "I'm only going to sp- uh, sp- uh, sponsor. I'm only going to pay for one." <laughs> you need to know that. So take care of yourself. And I needed to do have two because I was actually in a space of love and oh, you know, <laughs> sex is the most beautiful thing in the world. And I, a person that was really, I was never afraid of. You know, saying that I need to go get an abortion. I, I with my understanding and education, to I still need to press one. Oh, we are on the line with somebody, so. <laughs> and it's somebody with um, yeah. So it's just the the comedy of life. So I I needed to actually go through the process of understanding. Fuck, what have I done? Mm. What have I done? And it was never yeah. a light topic, but I didn't understand the depth of it. Yeah. You go through to a place, even if it's a hospital. It's such an experience which goes with you forever. Even if I was complete with it, even if I knew I don't want to have children, it's still a very, very important decision. Yeah, that's, that's where she is right now. She does not know what to do. And as we were talking about, you know, uh, all the abortion posters everywhere, she, she, she feels that this is the right way to go. Yeah. And she does not know that there are other options. And that's what she's, she's exploring right now. And she, does she know how she got there in the first place? Got way. Got way. To, to being be pregnant, pregnant. <laughs> yeah, she does. Okay. She okay. does. The character. Okay, okay. and <laughs> what does she yeah. say about that? Um, does her friend say to her, "How stupid were you?" No, I'm just asking because I want to put it in a context. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, no, the, the no. In a, I think you should talk about the the relationship because she she's dating she's someone dating a guy. significantly older. Oh, okay. So there's also like Why are you a giving it away. So, so there's <laughs> oh, a lot of okay. pressure a power in that. Yeah, going on there. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I, you know, one of our nurses likes to talk about how having an abortion is a lonely choice. You know, and this is something that I really like about Sugar in that bringing stories like this onto National TV hmm. where people can watch. There's lots of people going through this. Yeah. You know? So somebody's joining us who's been through this experience recently. Okay. I'm just going to remain anonymous. Okay. Good morning, Miss Anonymous. Good. Good morning. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We really do appreciate this. 
How old? How old were you when this happened? When you had the abortion? I was twenty-three years old. Okay. Were you in a relationship? Yes, I was in a re- relationship for eight years. Okay. So this was not planned. It was. Um, there was no contraception involved. I was using contraception by that time, but I stopped them because the side effects were not treating me well. So I thought that maybe I wouldn't get pregnant because I was using them for a long time. But then, unfortunately, yeah, I got pregnant. Okay. And the decision to have an abortion, was that yours? Was it yours and your partners together? No, it is mine. Yours. And your partner's response to that? He didn't know about it. Oh. Okay. That must have been lonely. And you told him afterwards? No, he still doesn't know. He still doesn't know. And are you still in the relationship? No, no, I'm not in relationship with him. Okay. (laughs) And did you do this um, through a clinic, through a hospital? I went, I went to a hospital. Yes, yeah, I went to a hospital. Okay. And no, I went to a hospital, but then they said it's late, so I went to a women's clinic. Okay. A legal clinic? Oh, wow. Yes, it's a, it's a legal clinic. Okay. And at the clinic, did you get counseling before the procedure? No. They just checked how far I was, mm-hmm. and then they... They made an appointment for me for that day, and then the, uh, we did what we did, and then he had to choose it. What happened okay. after? Was it successful? Was there any complications? It was successful because they said I must come back uh, for a checkup, and then I went, and then everything was clean. I went for a pap smear, and then, yeah. Okay, so there was no complications. How did you feel about this? How do I feel about it? Yeah. How did you feel before? No, How me, did you feel afterwards? It, it was a bit of a shock that I was pregnant, but for me, I don't feel I don't feel like bad or anything because I didn't want a baby with him for status, and I didn't want anything that would bind us together. You know, in future, like. We have something that would bind us together. So I didn't want that. It's your right. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So it was a, a positive choice for you? Yes, it was a positive choice for and, me. And the experience was a positive one? Yeah, at first when I went to the public hospital, you know, they would make you feel like, you it's bad what you're doing, you know, it's a sin, you know. Those kind of things. They would tell me that I'm young for doing this. I shouldn't be doing it. Uh, I'm hurting a, an innocent soul. You know, those kind of things. Mm. So it was a very judgmental experience. It wasn't welcoming yes. or safe. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Yes, it was a very judgmental. And at the clinic that you went to, you didn't feel judged? No, I didn't feel judged. No, not at all. They okay. just did their job, yeah. Okay. And did they explain what the procedure was going to be to you? Did they explain the process and what would happen afterwards? Yes, because I was very, very far. They said that um, it might be successful or not successful. So I had to sign. It know, might. Sign. It might. 
So there wasn't any. Okay. How how far um, were you in your pregnancy? I was sixteen weeks. Okay. So just a little bit just before the legal limit. Okay. Why did you wait so long? Uh, I went to the public hospital, and then I went there when I was like, I think three weeks. I went for, uh, she checked me, I went for the sewn and everything, and then she said I must come like next week. I went there next week, uh, and then they told me she's at um, a training. So I waited, they said they're going to call me, so I waited for like a week or two until I called them. So they would tell me she's not here, she's in the maternity ward. I'd go and see them, they told me that she's in the maternity ward and so on and so on. So I decided that, okay, maybe, uh, I should just save money for myself. So I saved money, that's why I took so long. Okay, and how much did this cost you actually? For for consultation, it was 500 and for determination, it was 1.2. Okay. And in a public hospital, what would the cost have been? It was free. It was free. Okay. And there was only one person in the hospital that you had access to? There was one person in the hospital doing this? Okay. We've lost that connection. But thank you so much for sharing with us. So is that a, a true reflection, Whitney, of what happens? It is a true reflection. There are crazy lating lists mm. in public hospitals. Um, and we hear about this all the time. Sometimes it's up to six weeks, you know. But it also goes back to even training of these providers mm. who can give the service. There's very little training happening, you know. Um, some some of them, I mean, we have people who are in medical school who want to learn how to do this. But mm. then at the universities that they're in, you know, this is not they're not taught this, mm. you know, and then they have to find an alternative way to learn how to do this. So the providers are few, and then waiting lists become crazy because there's very few people who can assist. Yeah, and, and we have an incredible rise of not only teenage but unwanted pregnancy mm-hmm. in South Africa. So the question comes then, is contraception as easily available? It is easily available but I think uh, but there's not a lot of education going um, with it yeah, exactly so it's the information thing so she was just talking about how she didn't like the side effects you mm. know there's other forms of contraception sure, that it's not just can, one but because you're not taught that people in South Africa really punt the injection the pill you know but there's so many other things we have the IUD that's non-hormonal mm. there's lots of other things that somebody can use that can have less of a physical effect and those are available free to everybody they are available well, they should be and they are available actually mm. I think in most government um, hospitals and clinics mm. they do provide contraception you know there could be an issue that comes with it but you will get mm. it um, so it's also the information on that. Just knowing that if you try the pill, you know, maybe the hormones don't work with you, move on, try the injection. If it's not working, get onto the IUD, you know. There's lots of options, but that information is not out there and people are not educating people on this. Does the education department have a policy on contraceptive and abortion education, uh, regardless se- of sex education? Or is it supposed to fall under the umbrella of sex education? It is supposed to fall under sex ed and I think in a lot of schools it's up to the discretion of the sex ed teacher Mm. you know which becomes problematic because you know their particular prejudices are going to be a huge part of it exactly 
instead of saying and even the confrontation from parents yes yeah. you know even if you believe in something what are you going to say and then the parents come you say I interviewed, yeah. I interviewed a lady for the web series that I was doing I, I interviewed students and teachers and one of, one of the teachers was saying uh, you know abortion is legal mm. for from the age of 12 and she's like I can't teach my students that mm-hmm. Um, how can I teach that? The government is not raising the child. The constitution is not raising the child. We are, and I'm not going to give them these options. Mm. And she, she made that decision. And we think that by keeping information away from children, we are protecting them. Mm-hmm. But actually we, we putting them in more danger. Yeah. Like an informed child will yeah. make better decisions. You know, it's something that I can't get my head around because there's a simple truth that the more information somebody has, even at even a young person, mm, a child, mm, mm. the more responsible the choice yes. they will make yeah. about They'll have the anything. Tool. And I can't get it into my head how educators don't make that connection. It baffles it's, me because if you think about the story with, with uh, Kenzani and her yeah. best friend Sulu, when, when Kenzani tells Sulu that she's pregnant, if, if either of them had gotten the right mm-hmm. education, yeah. they would have been able to advise each other because we, we assume that a child should be able to speak to the parent mm. or should be able to speak to the teacher, but that's not always the case, right? No. And the first person you are going to tell when something like that is happening is your best friend. And neither of them have the right education. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's also important for us as storytellers, as filmmakers, as people in the media to, to start sort of changing and interrogating, mm. um, these ideas, even with the way we put, we portray things. Uh, we were talking with Whitney before about the kind of pictures and media that, that follow, yes. that go with abortion. abortion. You always mm. see a woman who looks, Eight months pregnant or six months pregnant, mm-hmm. and that's that's sort of the visual that's yeah. been associated with with abortion and uh, termination. Yeah, and you know, if someone is going in at three weeks, I mean, they they pretty much yeah don't show. Yeah, but yeah. Um, the the images that we have in our head are what also influence our opinions yeah. around the thing, and those images are not truthful. Yeah. And they reinforce they deliberately. Stigma. They deliberately reinforce stigma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's also our role as people who tell stories who are in the media to sort of say she can walk into Marie Stopes and you know she could be wearing a very tight fitting mm. dress and you yeah. wouldn't see that she's pregnant. Those visuals don't exist. Yeah. So we yeah. actually need a whole new range of stories. Yes. About. These aspects of sexuality yes. um, We have to interrupt the yeah. existing narratives yes. All and, the time, constantly And create a whole new story You know, I was thinking about something Because I get asked a lot at almost every talk that I give Is how, as a parent, do you talk to your children about sex? And I always say that until you are comfortable with your own sexuality mm-hmm. You can't Because if your child knows that something is embarrassing They are not going to come and ask you yeah. Regardless of what the topic might be the first thing is you have to talk You have to be comfortable with yourself And then a couple of weeks ago I had this enormous realization Of what we can teach our children Above anything else How to get help Yeah Full stop How to get the proper, the right help so for, It doesn't matter what the issue is But if we want to teach our kids something Teach them how to get help If they can't talk to you Make a channel open Mm-hmm for them to yeah. say So when my daughter was young I was a single parent From the time she was four And because of that We've had an incredibly Close relationship There were some conversations That were incredibly Uncomfortable for me Even in the field That I'm in But the 
biggest thing was having that open channel. That whatever the issue, she could come and talk about it. And if I couldn't help to say, okay, here's who you can mm-hmm. talk to. Yeah. And as a parent, you want to give your child something of value. Mm-hmm. Teach them how to get effective help. Not only with sex, but with everything in life. That's when you're really doing them an amazing service. I'm so taking that for life. <laughs> but it's but, difficult. Those yeah. conversations are hard. That's why parents also, they, you know, we think we we're going to be want, judged. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we don't want to acknowledge our children as sexual beings. Yeah. Mm. You do not want mm. to think of your 14-year-old daughter mm. having sex. Yeah. The truth is... Your 14-year-old daughter is, 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 if she's not already, but she's thinking of it and it's a year or two. <laughs> and it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's a big thing. It's worse for, for my character because she's a pastor's child. Oh, <laughs> you just made it a bit complicated. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the, the, so trying to communicate with the parents is really difficult mm. wow. because of this whole religious factor. They're always yeah. praying. They're always praying. And so yeah. now it's just difficult you, to introduce you're this. You're a disappointment. Yeah. 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 And wow, has religion fucked up our sexuality? <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. and even if religion is not involved directly, we always think somebody's looking at us and we are being yeah. judged. It's yeah. going back to judgment. We are a judgment, judgmental characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, overseas, you read quite a lot about these um, uh, purity rings and virginity rings. Yeah. Isn't yeah. Is, that, is that coming into South Africa? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> oh. Yes. Um, the first episode I did on my web series was yeah. about virginity. Yeah. So um, I, I was invited to a few talk shows you know, to talk about it and whatnot. And there were people who called in and they spoke about the the purity rings yeah. and they ordered them from overseas. Wow. And <laughs> I mean, it sounds maybe I'm, I'm like you said, we're a judgmental community. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought, wow, they must make a lot of money yeah. from, <laughs> from these rings. We're going to write the franchise. I also want to open. But you, but you see you this and, and it's fathers with their daughters. It's yeah. not yeah. even mothers. Yeah. And it's like this ownership of yeah. of his daughter's sexuality, yes, of his yeah. daughter's body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've put such a price on this idea of virginity. Yeah, I mean, it extends to everything. Um, I think there was a big scandal last year where people were offering virginity bursaries to go into yeah, yes. yeah. university. I mean, yeah. you're putting a price on that person's, you know, um, virginity, right? But it's female virginity. It's yeah, not yeah, male yeah, virginity. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then, so they're giving, you know, an opportunity to this person that's a virgin. And if you're not a virgin, no, you don't get to go to university. I mean, how do those two people meet? How do they sit and think, yes, yeah, it definitely we're going to reward virgins <laughs> yeah. with bursaries because somehow your hymen is connected uh, yeah, to your brain. To your brain. Which fair chance through natural <laughs> movement and stuff has disappeared yeah. anyway. <laughs> and what if you and born without one yeah. <laughs> or you went horse riding yeah. exactly and that's it horse, horse riding or gymnastics <laughs> or climbing a tree what happens if you're just healthy and yeah. you have a good yeah. sexual urge and you, know? you actually love your boyfriend you, yeah. or girlfriend yes. or whatever wow. you are with so now people you have to have sex you must think hmm that university what's the, situation yeah what's the floors? price of and the guy sex? who yeah. slept with you 
He's, he's fine. He's going to yeah. he's gonna yeah. get the bursary. Yeah. yeah. He gets yeah. to go to school. Yeah, yeah, of course he gets to go to school. And women menstruate. They can't go to school. Then women have sex. Yeah. They can't go to school. Yeah. And basically I mean, women just go yeah. and fuck themselves. You have a yeah. vagina. Yeah. Don't go to school. Just have a vagina die. You'd yeah. rather just die. You know? And that's really the message. And it's pathetic. And it's enough. It's yeah. We have to start within. We have to start with, yeah. our, as exactly as you said, if those two girls could talk, those 15-year-olds, could talk and say, you know what? It yeah. actually happens a lot. Yeah. So is is sugar actually retelling the story? Is it creating a different story? Um, or is it just maybe yeah, explaining is, the reality. I think I think for the most part it's 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 um exp, uh, explaining the reality mm-hmm. which which is an important uh, point of departure. And I think for me as a director that's where my job comes in, right? To to put in mm. the the textures and the layers uh, that you believe in and I, I feel very strongly about those things. I mean, I am a feminist. Um, so, uh, any director comes onto a project and brings in their all, their, their politics, their personality, their views on life. Um, and you, you, you bring sort of the aspects together. And what I really commend the writers on is that all the characters are, are quite complex, mm. right? Um, there's the party girl who loves men and all that, but she is very strict about safe sex, yeah. you know. And then there's the there's the good girl who falls for the wrong guy, and she's in a, in in a certain situation. So it's not it's not the usual. This happens to this type of girl, and that mm. happens to that type of girl. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. So I have to commend them on that and take up the challenge to to interrupt. The existing narratives as much as possible. I was looking on Twitter and uh, people were having a debate about, um, a Nina Simone quote that, uh, the, the, the job of an artist is to, is to, uh, reflect the times. Mm-hmm. And Zeke Smda, uh, who's a writer comes on and says, no, but we, we also have to, we have to go beyond just being a mirror to society. We have to add to the conversation oh. or we have to at least, um, do it in a way that makes people reflect as opposed to say, oh, this is, I mean, teenagers know this is what happens in their lives, right? But how do we project this to them in a way that makes them really reflect and really interrupt the existing narrative? For teenagers, it's actually much more real than for a lot of their parents. Yeah, yeah. And they know, they know more about what's going on in that world than we ever could, right? But what we can do is give them the tools to deal with that and also give them uh, not problematize them mm. like the teenager is the problem, but say you are living in a flawed world that is not necessarily on your side, and these are the tools that you can you can use for yourself. So not give them more responsibility than is theirs. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, because things are going to happen. Yeah. So how do we? This is the world, and it's flawed, and help this is what them. happens in this world. Don't take on more than is your responsibility, mm. but within your bubble of responsibility. These are the tools. Proactive. These are yeah. the tools. Yeah. So, so much comes back to, to something so basic is an open channel of communication yeah. and the education uh, that goes with that. Yeah. And it's again and again in almost every aspect of sexuality. Mm. That's what it comes mm. back to again and again and yeah. again. And, you know, we're just hoping that with sugar airing on national TV, it mm. is going to open up these channels of communication within people's homes, you know, once you're watching this show and it's happening and, you know, your 15-year-old mm. daughter is sitting there, take up that opportunity to And even sitting there. in that makes yeah. so many people uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's you know, watching it. a sex scene with your children yeah. for, <laughs> on, on, on TV and a movie and... <laughs> 
it brings up such discomfort mm, yes, within us. So when is sugar aired? Uh, I think, after, yeah, I would say after March. Yes. Yeah, okay. after March. And <laughs> what channel is it going out on? It's, it's on MTV. Okay. MTV Base. MTV based, but it should get to all the SABC mm. channels because what's great about the Staying Alive Foundation is that they actually give away the series for free to anybody who wants to air it. That's so, so cool. Okay. It's open to anybody who wants to take it on. And okay. it looks gorgeous. Yes, it does. It looks gorgeous. It does. Okay. What look? The shooting itself. What? Oh man! I mean, the the world of story is so vibrant. Yeah. Uh, the it's actors young. are young. so committed. Um, okay. I believe them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I really believe them. It looks it looks amazing. It's it engaging. Looks, yeah. So it's I think not people can relate it's not like, to it for real. Mm. It's you don't feel like you're watching an educational show. Yeah. You know, you feel like you've you've been you privy. To these lives, yeah, and you you really do get to go with them on the journey. So this it's, is me, it's this a great is my show sister. Yeah, this is actually happening. When you first read the script that this yeah. was going to be in an episode, yeah, what was your response? <laughs> I was I was taken aback. The thing mm-hmm. is, that I was from an open audition, so I wasn't supposed to get this part at all. I was supposed to be like walking by support, <laughs> <laughs> and um, luck. luck. <laughs> yes, it was, I was just blessed. Talent, talent. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I was, I, when I read the script, I was really taken aback because of the fact that my character is half my age. I was wondering how on earth am I going to portray this young girl? When was the last time? I was 15. <laughs> I was way back when, and I had to recall all of those. Oh, it was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. Back in the early 2000s. Yeah. So <laughs> Last <ago>. year. <laughs> okay, as oldies are gonna go oh, now. Come on. Absolutely. Um, and, um, it's, it's, it's still a challenge right now because you're still shooting and it's, it's exciting. The thing is that we have amazing directors. Hey, my mother. And, um. Well, she's sitting here, so you have to say that. Yes. We have, we do. We have amazing directors and they have, um, such great vision and they have, um, um, a great way of telling these stories and, um, I'm sure Everybody's gonna enjoy them, mm. really, because yeah. they it's beautiful. It's gonna be be- it's it's no more words to say. Mm. <laughs> I'm done. Drops mic. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really love this idea of creating new stories. Uh, it's been a theme for me this week, um, and we're planning um, a retreat up in Mozambique. We have the first one for this year, and the title of that is Your Sexual Story, mm-hmm. and it's going from a story which for most of us is guilt, shame, and embarrassment, yeah. myth, misinformation, and judgment into freedom and pleasure. Um, and it's so important that we tell the stories, but we tell different stories. It's not telling the same story. Because that keeps us trapped. It keeps us in the guilt. It keeps us in the judgment, in the shame. It keeps us in the misinformation. And there's no freedom in that. We can't tell the same story. We need, in South Africa, we need different stories. And it's awesome. That's what you guys are doing. Yeah. And what I love about this is that the the episodes that we're shooting are so raw. Mm. Yeah. They are really... they. They're not, the directors are not shy to expose mm. everything. And, um, I guess that's what's making it tough for me to portray some of the things that are happening because mm. they are so real and they're so South African, the real things that are happening in South Africa. Mm. That's what I love about it. Mm. I'm sure everybody will relate mm. to it. Yeah. yeah. Whitney, where can people get more information about Mari Stopes, about what you're doing? Um, well, you can 
look on our website. What w- is the website? www.mariestopes.org.za. Mm. We've got a call center that is toll free if you're calling from a landline. Mm-hmm. That's 0800-117785. And you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. And you have a great Twitter handle. I've checked it out. Well done. You're doing a good job. <laughs> Mari Stopes underscore SA. Yep. Because okay. it's everywhere. It's around the world, yeah, right? 450. It is. It's a branch, uh, like clinics. Mm. Yeah. How many clinics are there in South Africa? In South Africa, we are now at 15 clinics. That's a lot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And offshoots of those in rural areas? Uh, no. So unfortunately, we are in urban and peri-urban mm. areas, but hopefully we will be extending mm. to some of those. Um, and we're also just trying to target, you know, the most vulnerable people. Yeah. We've just, we're opening one in a couple of weeks in Newtown for the university people and, you know, um, just those people who can't afford to go to specific areas. Mm. It is a cheaper clinic, just like our Midrand clinic is. So we're just trying to reach as many people as possible. Very cool. Does government work with you in any way? Um, <laughs> well, they're not returning my calls. But, yeah. um, in some regions. I mean, I will tell you that in uh, Durban and in the Western mm. Cape, we are contracted to do some of their procedures okay. when they are not able to. So that must take a lot of pressure off them. Yeah, but... Only in Durban and yeah. Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who's really like working in Durban yeah. and Cape Town. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you all so much for sharing with us. Um, this is really, it's, a, it's an incredibly emotional and incredibly deep topic. And I think we've been able to cast something really different in and come away with something that says, let's create a different story for all of us, for men and women, for the children of South Africa. And you can always link the podcast. That's what's great about yeah. Cliff Central. You can bring more awareness to the topic with it, to your channels, and let's spread the word. It's, 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 a, it's a difficult yeah. one. Yeah. So thank you all for sharing with us. Thank you for having us. So up next is Kasper and the team. Next we have week. a new feature on our page on cliffcentral.com website, which is a feature of erotic poetry every week. So please check that out and let us know what you think about that. And if you have anything to contribute to that, it would be absolutely awesome. You can send it to us. Next week we are laughing. Next week we're laughing. So I've been crying for two weeks. Tuesday night we are doing a free talk on sexual relationship pleasure possibilities for the year. Wow. Um, so have a look at my Facebook page for that. Cool. And next week we are. We have to laugh. <laughs> We've been so. So Dave Levinson and some friends of his are coming to join us. Sex and comedy. So please join us for that. And we wish you all so much pleasure. Cliffcentral.com.